morning, everyone. Glad you could be with us this morning, this last Sunday of June. Where does the time go, and then where does it go? But today we're going to be preaching from the book of Deuteronomy. If you could turn there today to the 31st chapter, and we're going to be looking at verses 7 and 8 today as our main body of text. I will be sharing other scriptures as always, but this is our main body of text this morning. And today's title of my message is Lay It All Down. Lay it all down. Let's just have a quick word of prayer. Father, thank you for the opportunity to preach your word again today. I pray that as you have given this to me for this week, that it will touch the hearts and lives of everyone here in the church today and all those watching by internet in the days ahead. And I pray that it will be a real blessing to everyone that's hearing it. And Lord, as you've said, Lord, let he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So let's read uh, Deuteronomy 31 verses 7 and 8 this morning. It said, Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. And you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you, he will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. And that's his word to us today, ladies and gentlemen. Do not fear or be dismayed. And as always, Isaiah 40, verse 8 this morning, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God shall stand forever. What he spoke maybe 5,000, 6,000 years ago in the book of Deuteronomy is the same for us today. Do not be dismayed, do not fear, for I am with you. And if there's ever been a time to be dismayed or fearful, it's now, isn't it? We can all feel it. In fact, none of us are, are prone to not having it. We can all feel fear. We can all be dismayed. We can all be discouraged. And as we're going to see a little bit later on in my message today, that Paul tells us these things, they are common to man. And it's not unusual that we can have these experiences. But let's start here this morning. The world is crumbling. Nothing is or will it be the same ever again. And many people are fearful, lonely, and struggling today. How about you this morning, friend? Where are you at today? Are you lonely? Are you struggling? Are you afraid? Or are you in the best place you've ever been? Only you know you must examine yourselves this morning. But fear and dismay, it happens to all of us at various times, as I said. But God has given us a remedy to defeat them so that they can never 
take you down. Glory to God. Amen. He's given us a remedy so that they can never, ever take you down and out. Fear and dismay, of course, are of the devil. They are not of God. God is for us and not against us. He, again, is our hope in everything. Can I get an amen? He is our hope in everything. Sometimes you can get so down from these things that you have all you can do to go to church. How many will be honest this morning and raise your hand and say, sometimes I've felt so down, sometimes I've felt so discouraged that I just didn't even want to go to church. Raise your hand if you've been there before. I got mine up. Rebecca always makes me come out of the basement, though, and go to church. So I don't have any choice. No, I, I love church, obviously. But we can all feel fear. We can all be dismayed from time. It's not unusual for these things to happen. That, of course, is Satan's plan to keep you home or wherever instead of in the Lord's house. If you start feeling on Sunday morning or Saturday night, I don't know if I want to go. You know, I can understand if it's a church that's preaching fluff and preaching from the Reader's Digest, preaching false doctrine. It's probably better to stay home, really. But if you're in a church like this one and many others like it around the world that preach the cross, preach against sin, preach the blood, preach the power of the Holy Spirit, that's a place where we should want to go, amen. As believers, we would, we would and should want to go there. So if you start getting attacked about going to church, you better look at where that's coming from, amen. Praising, worshiping, fellowshipping with God and other believers like us here today and being instructed in the word even as we are right this very moment. That's why we want to be in church. We want to be built up. We want to be fed. Amen. We want to fellowship. Hallelujah. Fears and being dismayed, feeling lonely will cause you nothing of any good in your life. Am I right? It's not going to help you in any way. It's a bad thing. You don't want it. You didn't maybe even ask for it, but there's got to be a way to get rid of it. You've got to be able to eliminate it out of your life. And in 1 Samuel 17, verse 11 this morning, we read this. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Of course, he's talking about the giant Goliath there. I might have a little bit of trouble with Goliath myself, amen. I might have a little bit of trouble wanting to go out and face Goliath. Maybe even if I had a whole bunch of people like yourselves going with me, I might have a little trouble with Goliath. But David was called of God, amen. And what did he do? He went down in the brook and got five smooth stones, and he was ready to take on Goliath because he was called of God, just like you and I are called of God to serve him and live for him and not walk around under the confines of the enemy, but under the power of God, as we sang much about this morning. But this was a people and an army that lost touch with God. They had not been acquiring of God. They had literally turned away from God. Again, that's a situation 
that's all around us. It may not you be you personally, but it might be people in your family. It might be other people in this church even that have done that. It might be people you know. It might be the church at large that they're not really acquiring of God. They're not really acquiring of the truth of God's word, and they're often running in another direction. They were challenged and threatened by this giant Goliath, and it was a fearful thing. When Moses brought the children of Israel out of bondage for 400 years, they came to the shores of the promised land, and what did they do? They sent in the spies. When they came back, they said, Oh, the land is great, but there are giants over there. There's Bigfoots over there. There's giants over there. And that would be, again, a little intimidating, a little scary for everybody. They came back and became gripped with fear. But our God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Amen? That's what God gives us. He doesn't give us fear. He doesn't give us uh, all this stuff that causes us to shrink down. But he gives us what we need to be built up in power and stuff. The power of love and a sound mind. Fear is from the devil, as I said. That's how he comes against us. He tries to spoon feed us fear, lies, and deception on a daily basis. I want to say that again. Think about it in your own life today. Fear is from the devil. That's how he comes against us. The battlefield of the mind, amen. He tries to spoon feed us fear, lies, and deception on a daily basis. And folks, the best way to be spoon fed is if you don't know this. The more you know this, that's why I'm advocating so much. Not just because I'm a preacher, but because I know that this is the real thing. This is the real deal. This is the supernatural well-being well of, of every one of us from God. This book was written by God, amen. This is our life source. This is our food. This is our drink. And if we know this, then we're not going to be so intimidated from the devil. We can stop what he does. Remember what I said last week. Temptation is what comes into your mind. But if you let it go beyond that, that's when it becomes sin. So it's not wrong to have a temptation. It's not wrong for us to feel like the devil is trying to get at us. But if we let him get at us, if we, if we let him break, break in on our lives and we start following that path rather than God's path, then we're, then we're not walking right, amen? We're going down the broad path rather than the narrow path. What voice is the loudest in your mind and heart? Ask yourself today. Is it God's voice or is it Satan's voice? Numbers 14, verse 11 says, So all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night when they heard about what was going on with the giants in the land and the fear started to grip them. When we hear about all the, the rioting and the coronavirus and this problem in your family, that problem at your job, blah, 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 on and on and on, they started to cry and weep because they were so intimidated with what the bad was all around them. Fear gives in to dismay. There are people here today, I believe, and by the internet that probably cried last night. 
never admit it. I'm not asking you to. I'll never tell you if I did because that's not what we're all about here. But you may have cried last night or the night before. Maybe you'll cry this week because of the fear and the dismay that has come upon your life. You got up this morning and you weren't sure you would come to church today. How will I ever get out of this battle, you might say? How will I ever beat this thing in my life? Question. Paul was called to go by the Spirit into Macedonia. You remember the Macedonian call from the Scriptures. He states, our flesh had no rest. We were troubled on every side. Outside of us were fighting, and inside of us were fears. You see what he was dealing with. The Apostle Paul, the one that God gave the revelation to, to write the New Testament and the revelation of the cross. Amen. He was filled with intimidation and fears on every side, even as he was being called by the Spirit to go into Macedonia. It was common, Paul said, outside were battles and inside were fears. He also writes in 1 Corinthians 10.13 that no trial or temptation has taken you, but such is common to man. That's what I mentioned earlier today. It's common to man. Every trial and temptation, you're not alone. It didn't happen just to you. So whatever you're fighting, you are not the only one. Amen? Whatever you are fighting today, tomorrow, last week, Next month, you are not alone. You may say everyone else is walking in victory, but not me. Well, that's not true, is it? It may look like others are walking in great victory, but we can all put on a pretty good mask. If we don't have a coronavirus mask on, we can have a spiritual mask on. We look real good. We sound real good in church, but what are we like? the rest of the world. Only you and I know our own lives. The temptation that has taken you is common to man, Paul tells us. Everyone has times of fear and dismay that try to grip us, every one of us. But God is faithful, Paul tells us, that God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Praise God. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. No matter what it is, how bad it looks, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Does that excite anybody this morning? Hallelujah. Watch out. You're going to scare me to death, Dustin. Hallelujah. God is faithful. He will not allow you. He will not allow you. And that's good news, my friends. He, God, if he is our God, he will not allow it. Glory to God. If that's the God that you're, I'm talking about with your God this morning, which I believe it is, and hopefully those watching by Internet, if he's not, we can get that problem solved today also and get you born again, get you walking in the new direction, get you regenerated and build you up in the spirit of God through gen regeneration and the new birth, but if you're not walking with this God, then you have problems. 
walk with our God, He's going to take care of us. Hallelujah. He will make a way of escape for you and I. He will make a way. God will come to us and bring us a good word of comfort, even as Titus brought the good word to Paul. Just as it was for Joshua to go into the promised lands of what seemed to be an impossible task. So we have before us today what may seem to be an impossible task. Lord, how do we win the lost? Nobody seems to care. Nobody will listen. There's rioting, lawless that's all around us. We're walking in this pandemic. Whatever's all involved with that, we're trying to work our way through it and be led by the Spirit. But there's trouble all around us. How are we going to do it? Joshua, how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? How are we going to do is what we're saying here this morning. It may seem like it's an impossible task. Things are collapsing all around us on every side. But God has called us to be strong and of good cheer. Amen. Be strong and of good cheer this morning, ladies and gentlemen. You by internet, be strong and of good cheer this morning. Even though there are giants in the land, do not fear or be dismayed. Can I get an amen? Do not fear or be dismayed, even though there are giants in the land and even in your life. They will fall, amen? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Remember ever hearing that before? We used to talk about it in the sports uh, programs that I was in years ago. If you had to tackle a big guy in football, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Well, I hope they fall. <laughs> I hope I can knock them down. Amen. Hallelujah. We can't do it anyway, but he can do it through us. Why worry about it? We can't do it, but he can do it. So we've got to walk with him and in him. That's how it all works. We need to let his perfect love come inside of us to cast out all fear. If you've got fear, call upon the perfect love of God to come and cast out those fears. Now, if you have your Bibles again, I'm going to have you turn over to just a little bit farther forward into the book of Joshua and the fifth chapter and verses 10 through 12 this morning. Joshua 5 verses 10 through 12. And we read this. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month and at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on that day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year, is what that scripture says. They were about to enter the promised land, and their first battle would be at the walled city of Jericho. It was impossible for them to conquer the city. They needed the strength of God, hallelujah, to defeat the city, and it's no different for us today. We need the strength of God to defeat the giants in our life. 
We need the strength of God to defeat the giants of Northfield. We need the strength of God to defeat the giants of southern, southeast Minnesota and all points of where we live and this region, which encompasses many hundreds of thousands of people if we look at it as a region. But we need that. We need the strength of God to defeat all these things. The manna now suddenly stops prior to entering the land. The things that sustained them and us can suddenly in one day completely change. Do you agree? Things that sustain us, things that we've done all of our life or maybe for a long period of time. Coming to church like we have in this building since 2010. All of a sudden, that all can change as it did. It can all be dried up. The healing rooms that we had for two years, it all changed. It dried up. Many of the things that you and I have done over the years, they've all dried up. And the manna that we were eating is not there anymore. Sometimes, many times, God has to dry up the wells to get people to move. He had to dry up the manna so that they would move into the promised land. He had to dry up a lot of things that they would move, and it's no different for us. We've become too accustomed in many ways in our lives to just sitting, not moving when God says move. People tend to camp and get comfortable in their walk with God. When he's trying to draw us deeper and onward like he is today. He's trying to draw us deeper and onward into him and the things of his word. The Lord has his ways to get people up and moving forward, though. He creates a hunger in you. A battle comes up against you. Fears can come quickly to a person. These things can all make us move. Rather than sitting in the fear, sitting and being dismayed, sitting and feeling lonely, I don't want to go to church, I don't want to move. If you will move, though, God will open a door, amen? He'll open the door just like he did for the Israelites in Joshua, as we're going to see here in a minute. He wants to take us deeper, especially now, and we need to get up and move with him. Can I get an amen this morning? We need to go with God. We need to break out of the bread box. Sometimes I feel like I'm stuck in a bread box or in a box. We've got to break out. We've got to go forward with God. We've got to move. In him we, what, we live and move and have our being, the scripture tells us. God will make a way for us, but he will get the glory. It's not about us getting the glory. It's about him getting the glory. What he will do. No man can do. Can I get an amen? What he will do, no man can do. Don't get entrapped in the old ways of doing things, but move forward and deeper in God. Move forward and deeper in God. Remember a few weeks ago, I had a prophetic word within the, the confines of it was either the worship or the message that day where God was saying, all reserves forward. It's no time to be holding back. It's not time to be sitting on the sideline. 
It's all reserves forward. Everybody to the front lines. The battle is in the front. It's not back here. Come forward. Move forward. The Lord is saying. We're hearing it again today here. But God wants to do, to do new things in your life. But you have to stand up and move forward in Christ. You have to shake off that heavy load. Stand up and shake it off. Amen. We go through battles because God is leading us into something new of himself. God has not failed us, folks. He's not failed me. He's not failed you. He's leading us upward and onward. If we'll get up from the place of comfort, get out of the comfort zone and move forward in him, can I get an amen this morning? He's got the way. He's got the plan. God, God is saying today, this is the end of the line. This is where your ambitions die. You will not win this battle in your own strength. You cannot win the battle of life itself or the things in life. You cannot win them. I cannot win them by myself. I must die to myself so that he can live fully through me. He must increase. I must decrease. Amen. He must increase. I must decrease. We can be prone to coming to church with our own plans and saying, God, bless it. Bless what I want, Lord, and that's not what he is saying there. We want the blessings of God, but we want it through his plan, his way, not trying to get us to bless us. Amen. We bless our plans. No flesh can glory in the presence of God. The flesh must die, and we've talked about this many times over. We stand on holy ground today, my friends, in Christ. We are to drop everything of us for all of him. We're standing on holy ground. We need to drop it all so that it's all about him. Take off the flesh. Begin to truly follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and give God the glory. Hallelujah. Everything in this Holy Bible right here is ours. It belongs to us. If we let go and let God, it's all ours. Do you realize that, folks? It's all ours, but you've got to get it in you. It's not doesn't work just to look at the cover and realize what you realize about it, but it's got to be open and you got to eat it. you got to drink it. you got to ingest it. It's supernatural. That's one thing about Christianity. It's not a religion. It's a relationship, amen? And to have that relationship, you've got to know the one that you're in relationship with. Can I get an amen this morning? That's what it's all about. We'll be amazed at what will happen to us and to the church and the world around us if we get this in us and we walk and eat and drink of this every single day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't forsake all that we have. We cannot be a disciple of Christ, the Bible tells us. If you don't forsake all that you have, then you cannot be a true disciple of Christ, is what Jesus himself tells us. Our battles are spiritual. We can't win them without God, amen? We can't win the battles without God. Take off your shoes. Take off all of your efforts to gain 
the promises of God. Stand on holy ground. Kneel on holy ground. Lay on holy ground. Cry on holy ground. Cry out to God on holy ground. For he is holy. Put everything about you and your plans into the hands of God. You do it by praying. You do it by telling him what you want to give him. Go through every door that God opens and never say no to God. Don't ever say no when he opens a door. Be still in your heart and mind and know that what he is God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still, be calm, be at rest. Take on my yoke, which is light and easy, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be still in your heart and mind. God brought the walls of Jericho down, and he wants to bring your walls down if you will let him. If you've got walls and you want them down, he'll take them down if you'll let him. You don't have to be afraid or dismayed because it's not about you. It's about him, walking in him, letting him lead the way. It's about Christ in you. It's all about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah this morning. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. I don't have any other plans because it's all in Jesus. Amen. I don't have any plans. I'm just walking in Christ. Take off your shoes, church. Do it as a act in your mind and your spirit and your heart today. But take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. Faith in God, it's all about putting our complete trust and faith in God Almighty. Joshua fell on his face and worshiped God. This is a blueprint for us, ladies and gentlemen. Joshua fell on his face and he worshiped God. That's a blueprint for us when we worship God. What we need to do and what we have been called to do as a church seems literally impossible in the natural, what he's called us to do in this late hour, what he's called all of us to do individually and corporately. But God, if we ask him and let him, will fight for us, and he will bring the walls of your life in this city and this region down for the glory of his name. Can I get an amen this morning? He'll bring it down. I can't do it. I could stand here all day and point at the sky and mumble something, and nothing's going to change. But I start praying to God, and I start asking for his power and his glory and his breakthrough, his deliverance, his methods of doing things. Boom. Wales, Pensacola, and on and on and on. Day of Pentecost. Boom. It all changes when God gets in there gets the glory. Can I get an amen? And I close with this this morning before we take some time to pray. It's the only way, folks. Why? Because it's God's way. It's the only way that we can go. Oh yeah, you can walk a different way. The broad path is awaiting everyone, just as the narrow one is. Have you ever thought about this? I heard this said recently. Don't let the 
the narrow gate and the wide gate. It also talks about the path. In order to get through that narrow gate, you've got to walk on a narrow path. You can't get through the narrow gate by walking on a broad path. It doesn't work. And it's not his plan for us. But many choose the broad gate and the broad path. If we all have brain one this morning, we will not go down the broad path. But to walk the narrow path and get through the narrow gate requires us to lay down our lives for Christ, to give him our all in all, to be truly saved by the true gospel, Jesus Christ and him crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected. If we have that in us, we walk in that, we are truly saved, we have truly repented of our sins. I'm not going to go there today, but I will in the days ahead. But I believe there's a lot of people in church around the world and have been in churches around the world for several generations now, at least two or three anyway, that are really nothing more than religious heathens. They've never truly been saved because it was never taught to them what it really means to be saved. And salvation has been made too easy. Just because you prayed a prayer one time really isn't going to cut it all the way through your life, is it? I don't believe that. One of the greatest evangelists that's ever lived, as you all know, Billy Graham, said on a number of occasions that he said that he believes that the churches in America are filled with many, many unsaved people that think they are saved. And he said, if I would see 5% of the people that came forward for altar calls and all of my crusades truly walking with God, it would be a large number. Salvation is not cheap. It costs our Lord and Savior his life. Amen. So our life in return is the great exchange. We're not giving anything up that we really want to keep anyway, right? We're not giving up anything that's going to draw us nearer to God because all we all, all we can know without Christ is the world, the flesh, and the devil and maybe some religious rhetoric. So for us to truly be saved, we have to acknowledge the fact that I really believe in what Christ did for me at the cross. I believe that he died buried and he was raised on the third day and now he has ascended to the Father and he intercedes for us in the church. That'll get us saved. Amen. But then we walk upward and onward from there. We can't stop there. We can't stay there. The Bible tells us very clearly we're supposed to come to the cross every day and lay our life down. Who we are, everything about us. Lay down my flesh lay down my worldly desires and, and lust, lay down the, the devil that's hounding me and causing me to be fearful and dismayed and lonely and not wanting to go to church because he's trying to steer me 
down the broad path rather than the narrow path. All the time, Christ is standing there with his open arms saying, come, my child. I love you. I love you. Take my yoke. Put it upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden Help us to win many. 